All right, welcome to another episode of Ruthless Obsession. I am your host, Kevin. I'm Scott. And we are here to give you all the sports arguments the world needs to hear. So the first thing I want to talk about today actually isn't much of an argument, um, but it's just general excitement for the NHL starting up tonight, actually. Um, I think that can kind of speak for the whole room here where we have not grown up big hockey fans. We do not have many strong hockey allegiances yet. Um, but this new shortened season, and I'll get into all the details here in a second, I'm really excited for it. I think it's an opportunity for not just myself, but for a lot of people to really get into the NHL. Um, because of all the stuff that went on with COVID in 2020, uh, the NHL has adapted this upcoming season to have a, to be a little bit different. So, um, first of all, they're only doing interdivision games. Uh, they split up, they reorganized the NHL, all of the teams into four divisions, um, North, East, Central, and West. I won't go into all the actual team breakouts, um, but each team's going to have 56 games. We're usually, uh, I believe it's 82. So it's a, a, quite, a, quite a bit of a shorter season. Um, starts tonight and ends in early May. Um, and actually what I think is another cool thing that they're doing is kind of like they do it in baseball where they play in three to four game series. They're playing in, I believe, two game series each, each, um, each matchup. So, you know, the Flyers will go to Pittsburgh and play two games there before they move on. Again, a lot of that's probably due to COVID and wanting to keep teams contained while they do testing and keep contract tracing pretty easy. Um, but one of the biggest issues I've always had with the NHL, NBA, and baseball is that there's so many games and it's kind of a lot, especially for casual fans. Diehard fans are going to be there. They're going to watch the games, radio, uh, TV, buy MLB packages or whatever. Um, but for the casual fans who want to catch a game, it can be tough. So I'm generally just really excited. I, I, I've had a team for a while, the Minnesota Wild. Um, but I'm just interested, Scotty, how do you feel about the NHL? Again, we've never really been into it. What are you thinking? In some ways, I think this is going to be great. In some ways, I think this is going to be terrible and really a throwaway season. Okay, so. Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm like, I feel like a beacon of light. I'm a beacon of, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. There's positivity. And then here comes Scotty <clears throat> in his cave. Get used like, to it. Uh, Here's I'm gonna talk about the good things first. Okay, the good the good thing is is that I do think that playing two games with the same team back to back and having some uh, very you know closed off you know division interdivision rivalries throughout the course of the entire season, not a whole lot of one off random games that people don't really care about, will help with the fan base you know throughout the regular season. I think seeing you know the the Penguins playing the Flyers you know, two nights in a row or, you know, two games in a row, I think will help drive some of those rivalries and some of the things like that. Um, so from that aspect, I think it's good. Also think that, you know, a shortened season, you know, is going to um, make all the games matter more. So if you lose or if you go on a losing streak, like you're in real tough shape. So I think that that actually helps. Where I think that this is, is not going to end very well for the NHL and why this will be kind of deemed a throwaway season Really, you can you can use the most recent MLB season as an example. When you don't have interdivisional games, you end up with a situation in the playoffs where you've got one division that might have a really really good record, 
you know, or like four teams or five teams that have a really good record, but they're not good against everyone else because they haven't played everyone else. Look, the biggest example last year in the MLB, the MLB Central, the MLB Central, National League Central had four teams go to the playoffs. Okay. You had the Brewers, you had the Cubs, you had the, uh, who, who all, let me just look here. Okay. So you had the Brewers, you had the Cardinals, you had the Cubs, and you had the Reds all make the playoffs. They expand the playoffs so eight teams could go. Four of those eight teams came from one division, the division that only played within that division. You know what happened? Every single one of those teams got swept. Why? Because they actually stunk. You didn't know that they stunk because they only played each other. But when they played everyone else, they got their butts kicked. And the same thing's going to happen with hockey, where you're going to have one or two divisions that are actually pretty good and the other two divisions that probably aren't, particularly the, the, the divisions with teams that live in cities that don't have ice, like, you know, it doesn't snow, so it's not cold. Oh, come on. Well, it, no, no, I'm no. Me, <laughs> okay, you lost me there, but there are clearly some more competitive divisions than others. Right. Um, and, and that's the problem. Yeah. I appreciate that point, Drew. And that's my point, is that divisions that are really, really competitive are going to have teams that are actually pretty good, that are going to miss the playoffs, that otherwise wouldn't in the previous structure, and you're going to have Four teams that are in a really bad division, but look pretty good record-wise because they didn't play anyone else, that are going to get demolished in the playoffs, and it's just bad for the sport. It's not good, and and that's that will delegitimize the champion that comes out of this regular season format. I could not disagree with you more. What are you talking about? We were we, just last episode we were talking about having uh, redoing college football and having only the conference champions come out into the into a playoff. Okay, you're telling me that the second place now you're complaining that the second place team in that conference wouldn't get in, or like that's a totally bogus argument. It's not you're, bogus talking argument. About, you're talking about okay, so let's say the East, the NHL East. It's got all all of the classic. The East teams. is one of the They're, toughest. You know, right, Tough. Pittsburgh, Boston. I can go on. Okay, so the, the 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 fifth team in that in that division doesn't make the playoff. Well. So what? They, they were better than four other teams right in their division. I mean, that that doesn't that argument makes no sense at all. But it is there. They still could be. But it doesn't matter if they're better than the best in the other four or other three divisions. It doesn't matter. They didn't. They could. They they were not good enough to compete within their own division and be one of the top four teams. It matters. It matters when you're arbitrarily drawing the division lines, okay? It matters. If I'm a fan of a team that might be on that four or five, fifth fifth place range within the division, but mine might be the second best in the division that I was in last year, I would make the playoffs and maybe have a better seed, maybe a better matchup. Number one, I could make the playoffs. Number two, maybe I could play against a better team and I can get farther in the playoffs than I previously would have because they arbitrarily drew these lines and they have this interdivision thing. I'm telling you, baseball did it. It did not work well. It did not work well at all. It's not, and all it's going to be the same thing with hockey. It's not all that arbitrary. I mean, you have it's geographically split up. The only teams that really got screwed were Minnesota and Colorado. Other than that, it's it's all geographical. I mean, you have and you also have to keep for, for the sake of COVID, they had to keep the Canada teams all in one division. That's the that's the NHL North because because going in between countries, international, yeah, yeah. But but I don't know. I I just do not see. What where you're coming out with that? I mean, what do you want? Blue well, ribbons well, so, for everybody? Oh, the fifth place team all boo hoo. You're fifth place in your own division. Well, Get out of here. What makes so you think I guess I guess his point kind of comes from if you're looking at like specifically the West, right? In the power rankings going into the season, you have 
three teams that are ranked two, three, and four going into the season. The next ranked team is 23rd in the league, right? So like when you, when you're looking at a conference like that compared to like the East where you have uh, teams ranked five, seven, eight, 10, and 11 are all the top five there. Like the East versus West right there will probably feel a little bad if like if okay, Pittsburgh, the, rec- who's the records 11? are going to be messed up. That's going to mess up. That's going to mess up all the seating in the playoffs. Okay, Scotty. So what would you what would you prefer? Oh, hey, take take the uh, take the whatever power rankings at the beginning of the season and draw the divisions based yeah. off of those power rankings that are arbitrary, by the way, because they haven't played any games yet. I mean, what do you what are you what are you suggesting here? It's look the season starting today. Here's what I'm suggesting: vaccinate every damn player. And play the regular season like you normally would. Don't have to worry about it anymore. Guess what? We have a vaccine now. It's all fine. Why you got to do this crazy stuff? I'm not. I, I don't need to tell you why that. It's, makes like, it's like 200 guys. Well, there's there's 1.5 million vaccines in America per day. You, you can't tell me that you can't vaccinate 500 hockey players, so we don't have to do this bullshit. The NHL, the MLB, NBA, NFL is not vital to the running of our country. It's, like it sure is. <laughs> Sure. Look, look. They took they took sports they took sports away, and look what happened this summer. There was riots in the streets. Hey, the NBA finished their season. I will. I will just. They say did, that. and it was and it was good. It was it was a good end to that. Oh, yeah. Did you? I'm watch, just saying. Did you watch? The I NBA did. Finals? I did. I'm a big Milwaukee Bucks fan, as we'll probably come to learn throughout these episodes. But I did, and I was very disheartened that the COVID COVID killed the Milwaukee Bucks. Do you do you not realize that they they had the best record? They were on fire. They had only lost like 12 games all season long. Boom! March COVID happened. Suspended season. They don't come back till June. Giannis didn't have a basketball court in his damn house. He he is wealthy no, enough. No, no, to no. Put on his no. Own court. He didn't. And also, he, a lot he didn't of know there was a pandemic. Open, so get out of here with that. No, whatever. All I'm saying is, they came back. They lost in the first round because they weren't fresh. They were on fire. They were good to go. We they cost Milwaukee a championship. A good team stays fresh. Whatever. Va- just vaccinate the damn players. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm excited for hockey. It sounds like I'm, you kind not of really. are. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what do you want to talk about? I wanted. I, well, I wanted to discuss all the different head coaching vacancies in the NFL because, uh, as you know, the Bloody Monday occurred uh, the day after the last regular season, and all the all the you know coaches got fired. So we have My some openings now. That's right. Yeah, it used to be a big day, you know, because it would be a day of hope and optimism for the Cleveland Browns because they were out of there. That's right. If we can go through the whole laundry list of uh, of ex-Browns coaches that got fired on that fateful day uh, after the last Sunday of the regular season, but uh, I don't know, maybe Drew, you got you got the rundown of the uh, available head coaching spots, so we can talk about who's going to fill them. All right, so so let me know if I'm missing anybody. I have the uh, the Falcons, the Lions, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Chargers, the Jets, and the Eagles. Right. Sounds, sounds like right. all of them. It's everything, yeah. And there's some GM openings as well, but head coaches is more more sexy. So the so so the the rumor mill and the one that I'm most excited for is the Jets hiring former Bengals Bengals coach Marvin Lewis. I think that I think that Marvin Lewis will do wonders for the Jets organization. And oh, he will be, you're not he, doing this to me, are you? Are he you, are you he will be right he will be the best head coach. In the Jets, he will be the best coach that the Jets have seen since Bill Parcells. What's the matter with you? 
He will be. He w- look. Look what he did. Look what he did for the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. He. he yeah. Please tell me all of the miraculous accomplishments Marvin Lewis had with the Bengals. Please tell me. Go ahead. I'll wait. We'll wait, and you know, I'll, I'll raise my hand as soon as he you mention a, a significant real accomplishment. Go ahead. He he was the general manager, basically, and head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals for almost twenty years, real close to it, maybe like fifteen, sixteen, and he took that team. Despite the limitations that the ownership put on him, he took that team to a to be competitive every single season. I mean, every single season, they they were in it. They were they were not going to be. They were never they were never like a, just you know. Well, that's the number one draft pick. They were never. They were always better than the Browns. Okay, always better than the Browns. And then that stretch when he found the perfect combination of Andy Dalton and AJ Green and Vontez Burfict leading the defense, he took them to five or six straight playoff appearances which and he they lost won every one <laughs> okay he, he lost every they were Owen he's Owen seven as a head coach in look, the playoffs and he, he also he, has a 51.8 percent win percentage so he's not really hey, like that's super a winning record great that's a winning record that's a winning record and that's better than anything that the Jets have seen in the, the last five or six years of Marvin Lewis's career I've ever he, heard in my life he will he will rebuild that Jets franchise, and you know he you know he probably won't take them to the promised land, right? But at least they won't be the dumpster fire that they are right now. He'll be significantly better than than any other coach that you can put out there. He's a, he's a good fo- he's a great scout with a limited budget. You know that te- that's a small it's a small market club. They never they never max out the salary cap in Cincinnati. If they gave him the keys to the castle in New York with like, you know, you can you could spend however much you want. You could do it. His his eye for talent, his ability to build teams and his locker room presence, how he was able to take all these troubled guys like Pac-Man Jones and Vontez Perfect. He turned them into productive, successful leaders. He is he is a he's a player's coach. He, he will be the best thing that ever happened to the city of New York if they hired him. You know, we 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 we've only, we're pretty new into this venture here, but I think that you've already played your hand there, Scott. Hand? He's aggressively uh, average, and you're hyping him up. I mean, Scotty, you're talking about <laughs> him bringing the only team that's been comparable in terms of failing to the to the Browns, the Jets. You're talking about Marvin Lewis, a guy whose career record is almost 500. You're talking about him it's it's a it's a, it's not hard to take a dumpster fire and blow it up with a fire extinguisher but what you what are you left apparently, with apparently apparently is apparently it is because the last 20 coaches in cleveland couldn't do it marvin lewis about, will do wait, it wait, 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 wait. you're not talking about cleveland you're talking about marvin lewis taking the it's, i'm just all i'm trying to say is the jets won two games this year right they well, at least... really only go up. So, so factually, what you're saying, I'm I can't really disagree with because I'm sure Marvin Lewis can get them to six, seven wins for the next ten years. But that's it. Yeah, like, his his lowest it. wins in a season was four, uh, and he had a couple of those seasons. But his most wins in a season was twelve. So, I mean, well, he went twelve and four. Say, what I'm going to say is, thank you, Andrew. What I'm going to say is, Marvin Lewis. Zero Jets fans, zero Jets fans would be excited about that. Zero of them would be like, oh, we got Marvin. 
We got him. We got our guy. No one's saying that. Marvin Lewis is a – I mean, I cannot believe he's even getting interviews. He interviewed with, I think, the Texans, and I think the um, – I think he interviewed with Lions as well. I think he interviewed with the Texans too. Oh, put, put, him, put him in the Texans. Lions is the, – the city – the whole city of Detroit is just is, – it's, it's a dumpster fire. Anyone will fail in Detroit. If he went to the Texans, oh, my gosh. Super Bowl contenders, but the Deshaun Watson, hello, JJ Watt, he will take that team to the promised land. He Deshaun will. Deshaun Watson's about to not be there anymore. No, maybe not if Marvin Lewis comes. If Marvin Lewis shows up because he's a players, he's a players coach. He's he's a players coach. He oh. he will he will talk to Deshaun. Would you break something? Um, I did actually. Um... <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Do you have to clean um, something up? I do. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm talking about Marvin Lewis. It got me going. Um, yeah. Let's pause real quick for station identification. All right. So I just kicked the shit out of a bottle of lemon liqueur. <laughs> it shattered everywhere. Every bottle under this bar is sticky. So I'll deal with that in a second. But I need to just say something. You mean you mean to tell me, Deshaun Watson, who the ownership of the Texans has been not communicating well. Bill O'Brien was was a disaster. You're telling me, and he's now he's asking for a trade. Oh, 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 Marvin's. Oh, Marvin Lewis is coming. Oh, oh my gosh, forget it. Hey, Miami. Forget everything we talked about. Like, oh, any other team that I was talking to, forget it. Marvin Lewis is bringing us back with no skill players and a terrible defense. Get out of here, Scotty. Marvin Lewis does not deserve another job, another NFL coach, head coaching job. Maybe like an assistant, maybe like a team president or something like that. Because you're right, he has value somewhere. But he has not proven at all that he could be a good, successful coach in the NFL. Now, what I, I want to get off Marvin Lewis because there's a lot of other people deserving of jobs on the, on the list of, of places that they're talking about. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, is probably the top guy right now. And if he doesn't sign with the Eagles or maybe the Falcons because they've got a pretty good offense, I mean, I'd be very, very surprised. I think that Urban Meyer to the, to the Jaguars would probably be a disaster, but it makes sense for a couple of reasons. I don't know why he would want to go to the to pros. He's got a nice cushy job with Fox. If I were him, I'd just stay there and keep spewing my nonsense about whatever Ohio State and all that stuff. Um, I think that I think that we don't be surprised if Jim Caldwell gets another gig. I can see Jim Caldwell. I know, I know. I'm not saying he, he should. I'm just saying I've already seen his name around, like, the Texans and stuff like that. So couldn't you just see him just coaching the Texans for, like, three seasons before they, like, realize that it's Jim Caldwell they hired? I could I could definitely see Jim Caldwell coaching a team to sub-mediocrity, like a nice 5-11 five, five and 11 season for two or three years in a row, and then getting fired again. Yeah, I could. Eric Bieniemy, who I think is definitely the most talked about coordinator right now, but there's there's stuff coming out right now that people aren't really sure how much Bieniemy really is attributed or is how much you can attribute the Chiefs' success to Bieniemy. So I think that while maybe like guys like Deshaun Watson might 
actually like him. I don't know how successful he's actually going to be from a coordinator to a coach. So I'd be a little wary on that. Well, that's what they said about Doug Peterson. I mean, he was a he was Andy Reid's offensive coordinator before he got the Eagles job. That's right. But Andy Reid calls the plays, you know. So at that point, what do, what, do, what does the coordinator really do? You know, like, I don't know. I mean, well, they do a lot, actually. I, I know they do. I was, I was, but yeah. you know who uh, one one co- hot coordinator right now who I don't think is going to be very good? Who's that? It's Robert Sala, the 49ers defensive coordinator. Uh, you know him. I mean, you know him. Yeah, he's yeah, like yeah, a, yeah, a yeah, much yeah. Really handsome dude that like is all fiery with his players. Great defensive coordinator. Yeah, but sure. I don't see that. I just don't see it as a, as a head coach. I mean – and it also would depend on the team. Could you see the Lions getting Robert Sala, and and what another? Well, yeah. I mean, I I could see it for sure, and that would be just another another failed attempt by the pitiful Detroit city and organization to to do something, and it'll just it'll be it'll be awful. It'll be it'll be bad. Marvin Lewis could do better in Detroit than than. That I'm not guy. talking about Marvin Lewis anymore. I'm <laughs> done with that. I know, you know clearly. Who, you know who could turn around the Jets? So people that come from the Patriots have had mi- a mixed bag, right? But you see Robert or um, you see Brian Flores in Miami having success, and it's still way too early for for the Giants with um, with what's the dude's name, um, coach of the Giants. Oh, Drew, Drew, help us out. Giants head coach. He was a wide receiver coach for the Patriots, which is like a weird job to have anyway. I'm gonna well, so so I will say that um, the the Jets have had nine Joe confirmed judge. interviews, which is kind of ridiculous. They've they've interviewed nine different people so far. Who has <laughs> the Jets have interviewed Jets. nine, and they have um, still like five more that they're looking at. Um, Doug, you know what? Doug Peterson is even one of those people that they're looking at. So would not like that. You know, not a good, not a good it, move. It yeah. just kind of depends. But the Jets are looking like all across the board right now. Andrew, Andrew, is Gerard Mayo on that list? Um, let's see here, Mayo. Um, you know Gerard Mayo. He was a, a linebacker for the Patriots for a while. He's the linebacker right. coach right now. He's actually, I know he's interviewed with at least one team. I well, don't know if it was. So actually, he has not interviewed yet, but it has been requested or planned for him to interview for the Philly job. So, so he's looking at like being one of the top candidates at Philly right now, actually Philly's Philly's top three candidates that they have said are Mayo, Salah and uh, Todd Bowles or Bowles. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Look, speaking, speaking as a fan of a team who hired, a position coach without any real head coaching experience to their head coach is a freaking horrible idea. Okay. It is not a good idea to take someone. Oh, you're, you're good. Oh, you have a good linebacking core. Oh, you're good linebackers. Hey, you know what? How about you have a whole team now? You know, like that's that, who, who thinks that's good. Who thinks that's smart? It's about a system and a culture. No, oh, this is all about. What you're gonna have to toss your the system, down? The, the system and the culture is an important thing for sure, but you also need to know what the hell you're doing. And someone that doesn't have any even assistant head coach experience can't, you know, you can't even have that. How are you supposed to run a whole t- You're the guy. You when, when, when the draft, when it's you know, the clock strikes, you know, to zero, and that's your, your team on the draft board now, you got you're the one who makes the call, you know. 
when when uh, crucial game situations, you gotta you know hype the troops up. What are you gonna do? What? Oh yeah, trust me, because I'm a linebacker coach formerly. Yeah, I know what's gonna happen now. Like, there's you no know, faith in you lose the locker room. I had no idea you hated Gerard Mayo so much. I hate the fact I hate I hate someone being a position coach with no head coaching experience. So it's you got to know how to lead a team. You got to know how to be the head honcho. I don't. I will take someone that's been a high school head coach with maybe a little bit of NFL positional experience over someone that just grew up in the NFL system. Is like yeah, you know, I played linebacker. Now I'm going to coach linebackers. Now give me a whole team. No way. No thank you. Done. Crazy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. We'll we'll end we'll end the segment in this show with this. I saw that nothing's officially planned, but I heard a rumor that said, don't be surprised if Mike Zimmer, for his offensive coordinator position, hired his buddy from, from Cincinnati, Hugh Jackson. <laughs> Those poor Vikings. I mean, Those poor Vikings. I oh. care about the Vikings way more, too much to, to, to give them Hugh Jackson. God bless the Vikes. That's right. Yeah, Let's skull. end it on that. Skull. <laughs> All right. Talk to you next time.